Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke here on this Thursday afternoon. And Wolf, there's been so much talk on, okay, we know, could Cardinals trade down to four? Could they maybe make a trade with the Raiders? You know, the Raiders had that story that they are going to have Bryce Young in for a visit. The Raiders. What are they doing with Bryce Young? Yeah. Um, Well, you know what? Uh, We might move up. That's what that says right there. We might do it. We want to go ahead. We want to talk to these guys. We want to sit down. We love the tape of Bryce Young. So we want to talk to Bryce Young. And a lot of times, too, Luke, you got to remember this right here. Um, General managers in front offices, they love to talk to guys, even if they think they're not going to get them ever. We'll never have a shot at getting a Bryce Young. But you know what? Maybe if things don't go well... And he, he's out there for whatever reason. After four or five years, things don't go well for him. We've got a baseline we can actually compare him to when we talk to him again. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Free agent, maybe. Maybe we can compare him. You get a baseline on a lot of these guys, and I think that is one of the reasons why there's value there. See, I read way too much into it, and I looked, and I was like, the Raiders are visiting with Bryce Young. Is there any chance that they know that Carolina or Houston really likes Anthony Richardson and they think there's there's enough of a chance where it's worth their time to interview Bryce Young that the first two picks in this draft could be CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Yes. That was what that was my initial reaction when I read that story. And also too a lot of times you're thinking, "Hey, you know what? Um maybe we want to move up. Are we willing to give up what we want to move up and grab a guy like Well, that? because if Bryce Young wasn't one of the top two quarterbacks, they could move up to 3. I don't know how anybody's going to move into one or two at this point because those teams both need quarterbacks. That's why I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on draft day. If it stays the way that it is right now and nobody's declaring where they're going to go. Carolina's not declaring where they're going to go. They're going to keep that actually benefits, I think, the Cardinals even more because now all of a sudden it's going to bring it down to a draft day move. And you want to talk about desperation for an NFL team if they do covet one of these quarterbacks? It will be a draft day desperation move. And we've seen many of those go badly. So the flip side of this is what if the Cardinals, who are going to have offers at number three, they probably already have some pretty good offers, I would think. The draft's three weeks from today. What if they just decided, you know what? Will Anderson is, is too good. We're not like let, let's say the scenario plays out where the Colts are like, nah, we're we're good. We either got Lamar Jackson or we don't we don't believe that you're going to make a trade or we like two of these quarterbacks after we like we like all four. Maybe the Colts are that team. Oh, we like every quarterback. Whoever's there at four, we'll sure. take him. We'll just we'll right. just let the rest of the league dictate the direction of our franchise for the next fifteen years. If that scenario plays out and the Cardinals. Just decide, you know what, we want Will Anderson. And it's either we draft him or we trade way down and we don't get him. Yeah. Could you just stay there and just yes. take him? Could you just stay yes. there? Yes. 
yes, this is something that I don't think is going to happen. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yes, but, if you're, but no. Yeah, I know, but if you're, you know, again, it's because I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to do exactly what I've been saying they're going to do. They're going to move up to number three. There, there is no option to the Colts, in my opinion. They're going to move up to number three. But, but having said that, I'll play along with your little game right here. Um, okay, you so came up with this game, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. So and I threw you under the bus for it, of course. But yes, Will Anderson is that that kind of player. He's that big of an impact. And what I love about him, not only in between the white lines, not only the tangible, but the intangible. This is why I continue to talk about Will Anderson and having my heart set on Will Anderson. No, don't don't play it. Please don't give us any Kenny Loggins. We don't need it right now. But I, I love this kid because of the impact I think he's going to have on everybody else around him. You know how big I am on that. Anybody that has listened to me for the last couple of decades, you know exactly how important that is to me. Not only what you bring to the court, to the ice, to the diamond, to the field. Not only what you bring, but how do you impact everyone else around you? And I think Will Anderson is that rare, rare dude that impacts others. Perceptually, and I know you can't make your... your decisions based on this but perceptually it's a lot riskier to trade away from the pick and pass on will anderson than it is to just keep will anderson just stay in that spot and draft him nobody's going to second guess you in three years oh you know will anderson you should have traded that for the 38th pick and the 20 like nobody's just perceptually because you don't even you're not even know who those players would have been you're right about that but there are no guarantees that will anderson is going to be all no but that's i'm saying worst case scenario both ways if you if you keep Will Anderson and he isn't everything you are saying he is and that everybody else says he is, if he isn't that, people are going to be like, well, okay, you missed on a pick that, it, yeah. that everybody would have made at right. that spot. Whereas if he ends up being great and you traded that pick for a bunch of other picks, that's where it's like, man, you passed on that guy? Yeah. You passed on Will Anderson? Because nobody's going to look and say, well, you passed on the 38th pick? Like Nobody's going nobody's gonna to think that way. I was getting into this earlier in the show when you were talking about Will Anderson because you just kind of, once you start talking about Will I, Anderson, I know. you're just gone. I know, and it's because of his football character. Um, my, my, where I've kind of come to peace with this is I either want to stay there and just draft him. Yes. Or if I'm going to trade down, I want to trade far enough down where I'm getting a ton back. The Colts option is always the best, but I'm saying like, right. I, I don't really want to trade with Vegas. Uh, <laughs> either give me Will Anderson or give me Baltimore's three first round picks over the next three years or whatever it would end up being. Yes. That's what I want. All or nothing. Okay. Um, why not get greedy though? That That's not all. <laughs> The all to me? All or all? Okay, all is move down to four and still get them. Well, yes, that's the best one. <laughs> that's that's the, yeah, I know, but when you said all, you just got me, okay, because I want it all but for I, the Arizona Garden. I don't want the middle ground like, hey, we traded with the Raiders, so we didn't get <laughs> yeah. Will Anderson, and then we right. took a guy that might have been there at 14 anyway, oh, but we look, took him there's at seven. Will Anderson, rookie of the year. Okay, thank oh, you. Cool, thanks for that. Uh, all right, legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We want to hear from you. Text Al to 620-620 and submit a Thank You Al video. We may even play it on the air. Just text Al to 620-620. We come back. How should
could and are the Suns going to handle their minutes in their rotation in the final stretch of the season? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. What? What? I'm about to say something. Sounds like when you say warrior. <laughs> and it hurts when I say that. Now imagine singing an entire song like that. Yes. Got a stat for you. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the Suns play the Lakers tomorrow. The Lakers. Okay. So you got, you got the Nuggets tonight, you got the Lakers tomorrow, and then you got the Clippers on Sunday. Now we already heard LeBron earlier talking about how amazing it was and how just how, how draining it is to play a back-to-back, right? The last time Kevin Durant and LeBron James played against each other, do you know how the stat ends? No. Christmas of 2018. What? <laughs> Every time they play, at least one of them is out of the lineup. No way. That's way. Oh, my goodness. Where did you get that, Luke? Seriously. Uh, I read it somewhere. Okay, I did not somewhere see reputable. that, ladies and gentlemen. So you're telling me that's the last time they played on the same court? Christmas of 2018. Last <laughs> time they played against each other in an NBA game was Christmas oh, of 2018. Oh, my goodness. No, the NBA doesn't have a problem. No, no. Well, you know, I, I grew up in the uh, LeBron KD era. Oh, yeah, but those were some classic matchups, right? No, they never played each yeah, that's other. That's right. Interesting. Okay, cool. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah, that's an indictment. They might play tomorrow, though. I mean, that'll be the second half of a back to back for the Suns, but the Lakers need that game. It's not like the Lakers despite what you see on TV, have clinched anything right now, right? They're just kind of hanging out at 41 and 39. I guess they, they are at least going to be in the play-in, so I guess they have that. Yeah. They're not going to miss the play-in entirely, but uh, I'm sure they would much prefer to actually be in the playoffs than have to play a one-and-done against the Pelicans or Timberwolves or Mavericks or whoever. By the way, Dallas still on the outside looking in as we head into the final weekend of the season. Okay, it's so brutal, isn't it? The Dallas Mavericks aren't in. The, you're telling me they're not in the playing game. I believe right they're going to sneak in. Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma City and Dallas are tied. Oklahoma City, I think, has the tiebreaker. They do because yeah. right now, you look at the Dallas Mavericks. You look at the NBA. The NBA has a a bracket set up, if you will telling you who would play whom right now based on the tiebreakers that are out there. And guess what? The Dallas Mavericks are number 11. <laughs> the number 11 seed in the Western Conference. Well, that's just too bad, J.K. Uh, you see who they close against, though? Who? They're, okay, so here's, I did. Here's no, no, the, I did. The last, oh, yeah. The last two games. <laughs> yeah, here. We're gonna just going to make sure you get in. And yeah. they're going to play the Spurs. Um, Spurs. Yeah. That's yeah. almost like, remember when uh, Luca had his 16th technical and he had to sit out a game and the league was like, no, that didn't count. <laughs> it's almost like they came through and they're like, oh, yeah, the Dallas has two games left against uh, Milwaukee. No, nah, it'll be Chicago and San Antonio. We'll make those games at home, too, just to make sure everything's okay. Yes. Meanwhile, Oklahoma City, who I'm totally adopting for this weekend, has Utah and Memphis. So Dallas is getting in. But they're going to get into the play-in and they're going to be in a pretty tough spot. 
as a potential one and done. Yeah, you know, once again, I never root against anybody to go out and do poorly. I, oh, don't. I do. I, I, I do collectively <laughs> as a team, right? So I will collectively, but individually, I'm not trying to to root that Luka Doncic goes out there and just has a horrible game. But I will say, Basinonians, if there's ever a human being that bothers me more in how he goes about his business, how he competes, it is Luka. It is. It's. It drives me nuts. And, you know, from time to time, D-Book also gets into some gamesmanship a little bit, more than I would like to see him do. You know, I, I want to see nothing but your best. And this is a, I am really picking a little scab at D-Book every now and then, especially when he plays against Luka. You'll see him engage yeah, in a little Luka bit of the... A little bit of that gamesmanship, as opposed to just going out and being you. That's what I want. That's all I ask from you as a professional athlete. You're going to get my best, and oh, by the way, I expect to get your best. And we're not going to fake our way through any of it. That that drives me crazy. Bickley had a pretty good line on this the other day of because uh, because. Bick's the same way. Like, there are times where guys on the Suns, in his mind, go a little too far, right? With the. <laughs> but obviously, Luke is the king of this at this point in 2023. No doubt. And he basically said, I'm not sure I could cover the Mavericks. <laughs> Can you imagine Dan Bickley covering the Mavericks and, and having to try to even remotely justify some of Luca's actions. Like, nobody's disputing how great of a player Luca yes, is. Correct. I don't feel like it was this extreme. That's the thing that drives me nuts. Yeah. He's a great player. Be great. Don't don't try to flop your way through the NBA like you were some soccer player internationally. Be great. It's who you are, Luca. Man, I, if... Yeah, okay. How many, how many free throws do you think I'll he attempts that box in, right in these two games against the Bulls and the Spurs? Yeah. Total. Um, if I set the over under at 25 and a half, you're going way over. Okay. Probably going to be right, actually. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm saying 37 over and under for the two games combined. Oh, I was going to set it at like 25 and a half. Oh, that's way too low now that I think about it. Yeah. Okay. So over under 37 and a half yeah. for the two games. Yeah. That's, I'm that's never going to take right? under. I'm never going to take under yeah. on Luca free throw attempts. No way. Especially uh, when you get into critical games. Yeah. Although the Spurs, boy, that team is... <laughs> I think they'll be checked out by Sunday. And by Sunday, I mean four months ago. Uh, Monty Williams, after practice yesterday, was asked, you know what you're going to do here with the minutes and the rotations during these final few games of the season? We're talking about it as a staff. Um, we haven't talked about it with the guys just yet. We feel like there's some things that need to play out first. Uh, talking with the players, we feel like we have a decent idea of what we're trying to do with certain groups and certain combinations. So the more games you can play and work on that stuff, the better. But I'm always confused by the, the rhythm and the conditioning deal when you have your last game on Sunday and you could be out until Sunday. You know what I mean? So it's like, how much conditioning can you keep? I think the one good thing, though, is in our position, we'll know exactly who we're going to play, and that team will be in the same position as us. And so there's no guessing. Like last year, we, were, we had to guess, and you know, we played against a team that was coming out of the gates, ready to go. So I, I think we're in a good spot. 
there's always something that you can add or get better at. But I think every team's like that. Luke, does it say what the question was for that piece of song? It just says, have not decided what to do with minutes and rotations during the final week of the season. See, there you go right there. Did you hear what he said early in that cut? He said, we've got some situations that need to play out first. What are those situations in the last three games? Play the play the beginning of that again because the the question is about the rotations going forward in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah, here we go. We were talking about it as a staff. Um, we haven't talked about it with the guys just yet. Uh, we feel like there's some things that need to play out first. Uh, there it is. What are right those there. things? Oh, man. What are those you things? You were talking in- about it. You were talking about it. The very first thing I think of, and you were talking about this earlier, was campaign. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll feel a lot better about the world if campaign plays about 25 minutes tonight. Why? Why do you say that? Because if he doesn't, like if he sits again, I don't know that it's sending a message like intentionally, I think it's more of there's a message sent whether you want to or not, but the message is getting sent to all of us of, yeah, I don't know that we trust campaign in the playoffs. If he doesn't play again tonight, if, if it really was just a the game against the Spurs, you and I were talking about this off the air. Like that's a game where you can put him in. It's meaningful. And yet if he messes up, if you really don't trust him right now, it doesn't really cost you. Right. You, exactly. Yeah. Because you're going to beat the Spurs. Most likely and even the odds you, say 99.9% you're going to beat the Spurs. And even if you don't, you're going to win. One. Like it, That was the one game where it was like, you could have probably put one of us out there and they'd have been like, fine, we'll just win the next game. Let's not get carried away. Oh, I, know, that that I mean, yeah, honestly. Okay. Oh. I mean, this is a little aggressive. Have you seen yourself move your feet? <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I think I could definitely take you in one on one basketball. <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, if, it, if it's okay, basketball, game. yes, um, maybe anything, maybe life, um, except a barroom brawl. Yeah. I think I still have you on that. Uh, well, I mean, saying. you used to hang because out with guys I, that I, would cut their knuckles for well, fun, and that's what I do. And yeah. of course, the pool cue, I'd pick that up immediately. Oh, so you okay? So you're, you're one of the do whatever it takes guys in a fight. Well, hey, hey, listen, <laughs> have you ever been in a a brawl in a pool hall on a Saturday night in West Virginia? No, <laughs> okay. Mine was Thursday night um, in Ohio. Believe me, you've got something in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing you grabbed. It doesn't even, you don't even know what it is? Because that bottle's going over somebody's head. What if it's like one of the um, actual, like, pool balls? No? Okay. It's whatever it takes. Why did you get me sidetracked on that? I don't even that? remember. Why? Uh, campaign. Okay, Cam. If you sit them in the game against Cam. the Spurs. Cam. Maybe you're just sending a message. If you then continue to not play him, it's a it's a different message all altogether. If not, hey, get it together. It's uh, we got to go in a different direction in the playoffs. Oh, man, um, this is yeah. You know what? We've been talking about it for so long, and when I see that he sat him down in that San Antonio game, a game you're more than likely to win, of course, but you sat him down um, in a game that still had meaning to you, trying to secure the four seed overall, that's sending a message to him. Now, why Monty did that, I have no idea. Maybe campaign doesn't even know. I don't know, but I do know this, that these last three games, to your point, what you brought up earlier... We're going to let some things play out first, said Monty. 
I wonder what that is and his campaign involved in those last three games. I think so. Money's always so cryptic that even when he's not trying to be cryptic, it sounds like right. he's being cryptic. Yep. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, we come back. A little NFL draft talk. What if the Cardinals did move down past the Colts into the Vegas, Tennessee, maybe even Baltimore range? What are some of the names you could expect them to maybe be interested in? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the NFL draft starts in three weeks. Kind of feels like it's, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but doesn't kind of feel like the NFL draft is starting to sneak up on us? Yeah, a little bit. There's been so much other stuff going on. Yeah. That this time of year, it's usually kind of like, all right, NFL draft and maybe the Suns, but you had all the Suns stuff and adding KD, and the Suns have been such a compelling story that's only going to get more compelling and now in the next uh, few days and going forward. Uh, but Wolf, you know, we've talked a lot about Will Anderson, but how about some of the names that you start to see in some of these mock drafts consistently? We've got the mock draft tracker up on ArizonaSports.com. Um, some of the names that might be there if you're picking like 11 if you make that trade with Tennessee and one of them is Broderick Jones who they're going to have a visit with and so here's a little bit uh, just so you get to know Broderick Jones Broderick Jones offensive tackle Georgia after redshirting his first season and playing in only four games as a freshman Jones started all 15 games in the Bulldogs 2022 national championship season Jones is ultra athletic has nimble feet and good size and while he has a quickness that allows him to stay in front of pass rushers, he struggles with hand placement when blocking on run plays. NFL comp, Giants tackle Andrew Thomas. But if Jared Carlin didn't just sell you on him right there, I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah, Andrew Thomas right there. You know what's interesting about that is Andrew Thomas is really, really good when it comes to the bull. But I actually think Broderick Jones is better. I think Broderick Jones is even better against a bull rush. And he's really a very physical offensive lineman. That's what I love about Broderick Jones. I haven't seen a ton of tape on him base and onions, but I do know that he enjoys the physical of the game. Does that seem like a good fit for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, it does. Um, at 11, yeah, okay. Um, there are some people that believe Broderick Jones is the second best tackle in this draft. Most people, I think, have come to the conclusion that Skaronsky, the kid from Northwestern, Peter Skaronsky, is the best tackle in the draft. Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle, Northwestern. This six foot four, three hundred and thirteen pound offensive tackle from Northwestern is one of the top offensive line prospects in this year's draft. Skaronsky was named to the Big Ten's first team all-conference and their top offensive lineman. And while he could be suited with a move to guard in the pros after defending his QB's blind side all throughout college, his excellent footwork, clear understanding of positioning and angles paired with a unique blend of technique, feel, and power line up for a potential instant difference maker on any line. NFL comparison, eight-time Pro Bowl guard Zach Martin. <laughs> 
There it is right Put there. Jem. Yes, <laughs> just, Jem just nailed here's it. Here's 43 minutes worth of information in 38 seconds. Exactly. If there was any doubt whatsoever, um, Jem just totally rectified that. Well, I tell you. We moved we, all doubt if they, about Skaronsky. If they're drafting based on our draft capsules and how convincing the person reading the draft capsule <laughs> profile is, it's going to be somebody that Jem voiced the uh, the profile yeah, for. Yeah, you know, listen, Basinonians, I, I want more than anything else, I want this team to be uh, more physical. I want my beloved Big Red to be more physical on both sides of the ball. I, I want to go, listen, I understand that a rebuild and winning with a rebuild, although it can happen, Brian Dayball, of course, and the New York Giants, it can happen. A rebuild, there's no doubt about that, and you can still go out and win, but for me, more than anything, I want to see this team adopt this new culture that they're breeding and cultivating right now, and that culture to be uh, one of physicality. And I'm going to blow your face off. They they may not win games, a lot of games next year, but man, I want to see them compete on the line of scrimmage and be physical on both sides of the ball. It's a great place to start and raise the floor as opposed to raising the ceiling. I want to see that. And that's what I'm hoping for in a guy, a guy like Broderick Jones is a is a beast. He's a guy that plays that tackle position and fights you. It's funny you say it the way you said it because NFL.com did their burning questions for each team. Yeah. And for the Cardinals, it was what is Arizona's ceiling in 2023? And their write-up was interesting because they they had a line in there. They were like, this team could be good enough to contend in the division, but it's also no sure thing. I was like, that, that's true. It's definitely no sure thing. But they were they were going through just basically trying to figure out wow. how they're approaching the offseason and they're kind of approaching the offseason like they don't plan on contending for the uh, the division this year. It's just funny you use those exact words. Uh, here's a couple other names since uh, I'm looking at Will Brinson's mock draft from yesterday and he has the Cardinals trading down with Tennessee and so at number 11 he has them going defense, defensive line, Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Miles Murphy Edge Clemson. Murphy made an instant impact at Clemson as a five-star athlete coming out of high school. In his three college seasons, 2020 through 2022, Murphy was the only FBS player to rack up at least 10 tackles for loss and one forced fumble in each of those seasons. But as he goes to the next level, his game will need some work. He's seen as more of a disruptor than a finisher in the pass rush, and it takes him a while to reach top speed in pursuit. Scouts say the potential is there, but he will need a few years of work to boost his ceiling. NFL comp, former Bengals D-end Antoine Odom. Yeah, again, these aren't guys that you're taking at three or four, mm-hmm. but if you do start to trade down with Vegas or Tennessee or whoever, Baltimore certainly, we haven't even gone that far down in the draft. These are the guys that would fit the Cardinals, what they need in that general range. No, you're right about that. Miles Murphy is more of a classic defensive end, a 4-3 defensive end, if you will. He's 6'5", he's 270 pounds. That, um, that's interesting to me because Jonathan Gannon used a very similar situation, used a very similar defense from time to time with the Eagles. So could I see Miles Murphy possibly fitting into that role? Yeah, I could see that. As a defensive end, edge player. 
Here, I'm going to fire off a couple more of these. Uh, and this one, this guy's name isn't there in a lot of mocks at 11, but if you trade it down to, to where Tennessee is and you wanted to go corner, uh, you could look at Christian Gonzalez if he's there. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. Gonzalez was as big of a winner as anyone at the NFL Combine. He posted a 4.38 40-yard dash, 41.5-inch vertical, and 11-foot, 1-inch broad jump that caught many eyes around the NFL. He's an explosive cornerback that made 12 starts in 2022 at Oregon, where he posted 50 tackles, 7 pass breakups, and a team-leading 4 interceptions, ultimately earning himself first-team All-Pac-12 honors. At 6'1 and 197 pounds, Gonzalez has the desired size and athletic traits to match up against opposing teams' number one receivers. His technique will get away from him at times, but he has all the ingredients to become a true CB1 at the next level. NFL comp, former Cardinals cornerback, Dominique rogers Primardi. Oh, DRC! It's in Maloney's contract. She only has to voice the Oregon player. <laughs> so... And just to confirm, I did only voice that player. Okay, did great. You really? Thank you. We appreciate that. Now <laughs> awesome. you're so haughty. <laughs> um, you wouldn't voice anyone else's, honestly. Maybe West just, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. Um, you know what? I Are there honestly, any West Virginia players in the draft? <laughs> oh, Matt. Okay. Okay. That's that's going to cost you I, at well, some point know, in time. But if realistically, something was going to cost me at some point. Can you in go time back anyway. to Miles Murphy? Can you actually do that? Yeah. Do you want me to play it again? No. Don't okay. don't don't, don't play say, it again. Show's over. Yeah, I know that. But he really is a Brandon Brandon Graham to me. And that's that, well, is, that is something that I could see. Um, I could see Jonathan Gannon and Nick Ross. I could see them doing that. They had a lot of success with Brandon Graham last had year. Had a lot of success with him. A guy that had 11 sacks. He is a Brandon Graham type. Now, he's a bigger version. I think he's a taller version, at least, of Brandon Graham. But that would be interesting. You could draft a more raw player, too. I mean, just in the capsule we played, they were like, yeah, he's a bit of a... I don't think it was project, but like he's he's not he, he's not rounded into like NFL form yet, right? But if you're the Cardinals, again, if you're not looking to contend this year, that doesn't have to stand in your way if you want to draft. If you if you see like, hey, two or three years down the line, this guy's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You can take a player like that. All right, when we come back, we will uh, wrap up the show with some Phoenix Suns talk. What is the advantage, potentially, to having that number four seed, even over a one or a two? Monty Williams kind of thinks it could be an advantage, and we'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Down in the deep when your brain goes numb. You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. With it slow motion, yeah. This is going to be a fun weekend, Wolf. What do you say, though? They got the Masters going. Oh, the Masters. We're going to get clarity Finally, I don't think there's been like any clarity in the NBA all season, it feels like, in the Western Conference. We're going to have it by Sunday. We are, we're going to have the top six teams set, and we'll know who's going to be in the play-in and who's playing who. We're going to know who the Phoenix Suns are playing by Sunday night. That's beautiful, man. That is. Well done by you. Thank you. I'm, I'm the one that made it happen. Um, so, with that in mind... 
you know, if you're the one seed or the two seed, you don't know who you're playing on Sunday. And that may seem like a small thing, and maybe it is, but, you know, we've got to remember the Suns were in that position last year. And Monty Williams talked about how he doesn't necessarily hate being in a spot this year where they're going to know who their opponent is for a good six or seven days before they play him. Most teams, I would imagine, in that situation, they have designated coaches who are looking at everybody. But from a mental standpoint, you're thinking about all those teams as opposed to, you know, come Sunday evening, we'll know exactly who we're going to play and we can just dive into that preparation and, 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 and the players. So I think that's a good thing. Um, so I'm, that's the one drawback of the playing tournament that can not necessarily hurt teams, but it is a bit of a disadvantage as far as preparation is concerned. You know what's interesting about that? I know there's a lot of people out there that you can overanalyze it. You can overanalyze everything, and maybe you can think about something too much. And that may apply. I just don't know if it's going to apply to a playoff matchup, whoever it is you're going to play. I I just don't think you can have enough time to prepare. And when I say that, it's within reason, of course. It's not like it's going to be a three-week window. It's not like it's a two-week window to prepare, but I just feel like individually each player needs to get ready for the matchups that may actually happen in this series coming up, whomever that may be. And once they know, once the Suns know, is it going to be Golden State? Is it going to be the Clippers? Who's it going to be? Once they know, they can almost guess how the Clippers are going to play them or how the Warriors are going to play them and what the matchups might be. And then you get you get these professional athletes where they start thinking about their job and who they'll be matched up against and what they need to do offensively and defensively against that matchup. Yeah, it's a small thing, but I do think there's probably some some weight to it. Like, we're not going to look back in June. Hey, the Suns won the title. Why? Well, because they, they were the four seed and they knew who they were going to play. It's exactly. not, not going to be that. But when you first hear, oh yeah, Monty Williams is saying there's an advantage to be in the four instead of the one, your initial reaction is like, all right, you know, he's just trying to find the, the, the good in the situation. But when you look at, A, what the Suns were last year, it's, it's not like he's not speaking from experience. They were the one seed last year. And, uh, and B, how just, for the most part, I would say even the Western conferences among these top teams, he might be on to something for this year. Like, all season long, you look and you're like, well, <laughs> Nuggets are so far ahead of everybody. They're so much better. Okay, that's great. But when we're back in here next week and we're talking about the playoffs and if I tell you it's Nuggets, Lakers in round one and it's Golden State and the Kings in round two, are you really going to be that definitive that you think the Nuggets are going further than the Warriors? Are you even going to be that convinced for sure that the Nuggets are beating the Lakers? I mean, when you start to rattle off the teams that are going to be in the playoffs in the Western Conference with Denver and Memphis and Sacramento and the Suns and Clippers and Warriors and Lakers and Pelicans, those eight teams right now are the top eight. Mm -hmm. Do you look at any of those teams and definitively say, well, they can't win a series? You know, the one that you would that jumps out is Sacramento, but they've been so good all year. I think you owe them more than that. You know, that is that is going to be fascinating to watch the Kings and what they do in this postseason right now, because all season long. We've been waiting for the Sacramento Kings to do what? Fold. Yeah, and they have <laughs> right? not done it, man. It is truly, 
it is truly incredible to watch this team. And at what point in time might it catch up with them in the postseason or not? <laughs> at all. That can be something those guys can rally around because they know it, Luke. These guys know it. They know everybody's looking at them like, come on. Yeah, all season long, we've been waiting for you yeah. to collapse, and here you are as the three seed. I've been as guilty of it as anybody. I, I expected them to be a fun team this year. That's I remember that being the exact word I used at the start of the season, but I didn't expect them to be the three seed, not, not as the season's wrapping Especially up. in the Western Conference. No. And that's that, I guess that's sort of my point, is if you did that thing that we were talking about earlier in the week where the top seed got to pick who they played and the second day, it, it wouldn't go in the order that they're actually in this year because there's certainly a thought that the Lakers are going to be better than their record indicates if they are healthy. It's always the if with the Lakers. There's even talk Zion might come back for New Orleans. Yeah. If, if Zion comes back for New Orleans, that is not the eight seed to me. That, In fact, I would probably take that team over a lot of the teams higher than them in, in these standings. Certainly the Suns. You really think the Suns are the fourth best team in the Western Conference? I don't. I would take them over pretty much anybody. Yeah, right. And Golden State's the one team that I would have to pause on. You know what's amazing about it, too? Golden State. What did Golden State do last year? Very similar to what the Suns did this year, right? Yeah. Very similar in terms of, okay, they got it together at the end of the season, they got healthy at the end of the season, and they rolled into the postseason right there, and we all know what happened. And then the Suns pretty much did the exact same thing this year. We, it got a little sideways on them. We were all starting to worry a little bit about this. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant did come back, and they, they've won seven in a row right now and have the possibility of winning 10 in a row going into the postseason. And you know what? Could the Lakers possibly do something like this as well? A much better defensive team as you've been talking about. I trust Golden State and now more all than of a sudden you've got you've got you've got LeBron James and A D. And going into the postseason, you know, um do you think there are teams that are a little leery of playing the Lakers because of that kind of talent? If, yes. If you if we did like a, a pool on Monday and we were just drafting playoff teams for who would go you know the furthest or whatever yeah uh, the lakers would not be the eighth team off the board by any means they would probably they'd be behind the suns they'd be behind the warriors uh, they'd probably have to put them behind denver but yeah they'd be a lot higher because yeah it is so bunched up but the thing is i could see the lakers causing some problems in the first round i just can't see them staying healthy enough to make an actual run yeah if they're fully healthy they could they could do some damage for one series against pretty much anybody really and all you have to do is ask ad (laughs) or lebron and they'll talk to you about how playing back-to-backs is just too difficult (laughs) victim of the schedule in that case well look the good news good news for the lakers is they don't have to play lebron james any back-to-back how many minutes has lebron played like 65,000 you're lebron uh i had a great point and it's gone forever just gone. Yeah, you yelling just, at LeBron. I know. It's just. <laughs> it was distracting. I, I love LeBron. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't like Luca bothers me. Okay. Luca bothers me. LeBron does not. Yeah, and, I don't have and, a problem and, with and LeBron. Yet, he's not my favorite. I don't have a problem with no him. No way. He's not. Hey, listen, Michael Jordan was the greatest ever. Okay? Oh, yeah, start, just, start that debate right with now. 30 seconds left in That's the exactly show. exactly right. Let's get it right. <laughs> if we're going to talk about this, let's get it right. Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player yeah, ever. I think we were talking okay? about this. Competitor. 
Hey, hey, Michael, we want you to sit down on the back end of a back-to-back. Yeah, I know, because those are so hard. <laughs> that is true. That's that's a tough one. Can you imagine Michael Jordan being like, well, I, of course I wasn't going to win tonight. We just played last night. Didn't yeah. you see that oh victim of the gosh. schedule? Yeah, not going to happen. Never. All right. That's uh, that's it for us here today. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney behind the glass. Thanks to Jesse Morrison as well. Uh, For Wolf, I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.